Hi everyone, welcome back to another uh, special bonus episode. I'm sorry that we missed last week. Um, a combination of our producer being on holiday and me being ill, but we can either do this as a well, we can see how we go. Either we can make this a longer one, or we can squeeze in an extra one, or something like that. So we will not we will not be shortchanging you when it comes to um, hot bonus takes. Today, the conversation is going to be based around this question from Nicole, which I'll, I'll put on my glasses and I'll start by reading out. Okay. Um, Nicole writes, I have tried to listen to as many podcasts where you were the guest as I stumbled upon. And one thing I didn't recall you addressing or being asked about is beauty standards for women. Given the influence of evolutionary psychology slash biology on your ideas, what is your general take on one, the current state of beauty pressures on women? Two, how the invention of photography, the rise of mass media and the proliferation of pornography has influenced beauty norms. Three, how beauty affects sexual behaviour in women, e.g. have heard that beautiful women need not be promiscuous, but in a post-pill dating market, promiscuity makes less sense for attractive women in order to have any mating opportunities. Sorry, it makes sense for less attractive women in order to have any mating opportunities. And four, how the undeniable power of beauty affects, if it does, the arguments and advice in your book. Finally, do you think that your own attractiveness <laughs> impacted the positive reception your book has gotten? My sense that the same book written by an ugly woman would not be taken seriously, which is, of course, a shame. But would love to hear your thoughts. Um, so I just left the, left the goal wide open for you to make a... Uh, make unkind jokes don't worry <laughs> we've got an hour i'm going to pace myself <laughs> um uh there's a lot in there and it's quite it's it's i thought it could tie nicely to talking as well about a piece that i've um written for the spectator i'm not sure when it's going to be out but it might be um in the next week or two about plastic surgery and about how how uh plastic surgery has gone plastic surgery is the wrong time really how how like medical um medical aesthetics has gone from being uh embarrassed well only done by rich people and um kept relatively secret to being done by lots of middle class people and being um boasted about on social media where do we start? There's lots to this. I mean, maybe we could do a, an extended one on this because there's so much to say. Um, okay, should we start with this this thing about mass media and the invention of photography? Okay. And how it's affected beauty norms. Do you have a take to kick us off with, darling? So I'm supposed to do the takes here. Okay, we, we, all right, I'll we try. We all do takes. Okay, I'll try. So my my take is that um, uh, the rise of mass media and uh, photography will have caused a global flattening of beauty standards. So before photography existed, I think ideas about what was beautiful would have been very different in different countries, mm -hmm. cultures which have no contact with each other. And then now they're closer to each other in various ways. Mm. because they can see each other from across the world. Mm. The McDonald'sization yeah. of beauty. 
Yeah, I so think. Ex- yeah. So one example I can think of, for example, is that uh, in the, up until the twentieth century, uh, women's breasts were not sexual in Japan. Women mm. were shirtless a lot of the time, mm-hmm. and then the Western influence has caused breasts to become sexualized in Japan. And oh boy, are they sexualized now? <laughs> yes, I dimly remember when I was. Uh... A young anthropology student reading a whole book about how the Japanese regard breasts. A whole book? A whole book, yeah. A book-length treatment of the Japanese attitudes towards breasts. And I I can't now remember either the title or the author, but I assure you it exists. Um, And yes, I similarly remember this as well. Also, the Japanese had this... um, The the, the phrase I remember from that book was... um, pigeon-breasted being considered to be very attractive um the term that they obviously translated the term used to describe when women um wearing traditional kimonos it kind of squishes their boobs together and down and so they just look they're, they're very unseparated so they just look they have this big kind of mound like a pigeon's breast and this is considered to be very desirable or was considered to be very desirable at one era whereas as you say i think it's probably very westernized now so let's say westerners love to separate the breast although not to squish it into cone bras although we did that until relatively recently um Yes, I mean, so I think that probably what's happened there, and I wrote about this a bit in the Spectator piece in relation to the Kardashians, because one of the things that's very striking about the Kardashians is how ethically ambiguous they are. And yes. I don't think that's a coincidence. I think it's because they have basically taken the hottest features from different ethnic groups. Hi everyone, you've just listened to a teaser version of this week's bonus episode. Uh, So the way it works is we've got our classic episodes on YouTube, on all podcast platforms on Substack, uh, where I sit down with a guest for about an hour and have a conversation. For paid subscribers on Substack, you can also, for $79 a year or $8 a month, get an extended version of those conversations. At the moment, we've got one a week, but we are hoping as soon as possible to move up to doing two a week. Uh, and to have conversations in person as well. So um, pay subscriptions um, make it easier for us to do that because I need to pay my producers, you know, all of the resources needed to to put out um, a regular podcast. Um, On Substack as well, there is also a founding members uh, paid subscription to here. So for founding members, you get all of that and you also get these full-length weekly bonus episodes, about an hour, um, where me and my husband respond in a very unscripted way to listeners' questions. So that's for uh, $159 a year, uh, which is a bit over $13 a month. So uh, all of this is available at my Substack, louiseperry.substack.com. <laughs>